Welcome back to Normies Like Us, the podcast that reminds you it's hip to be square. In the land of Normal, in the fires of podcast doom, the Normie host forged in secret a master podcast to control all others. And into this podcast, they poured their takes, observations, and opinions into the one podcast to rule them all. Our journey through Middle Earth finally comes to an end as we wrap up on Lords of November and Unexpected December, where we talk Tolkien there and back again, the animated Lord of the Rings unofficial trilogy on Normies Like Us. And Normies Like Us means us. Bilbo, I'm afraid you've come to the wrong place. Me go and see the elves? Oh my! Well, you have put your foot in it this time. Oh my master, your poor head! Yeah, mine! Ring! Mine! 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 Ring! You heard it up top. Now, we've gone down the hobbit hole... For a couple months now, our fellowship has gathered. We've conquered the two towers. The king has returned. He's come and gone uh, because we're wrapping things up here. Finally, putting an end, destroying the ring as we say goodbye to Lords of November, an unexpected December, a special Normies Like Us exploration of the works of J.R.R. Tolkien with uh, your hosts... Colin Wise Gamgee. Uh, I'll be um, Mike Goth, father of all Balrogs. And this is Jake Ladriel, All Shall Love Me and Despair. <laughs> and he <laughs> was a excellent. beautiful uh, prince. You can be a queen. Yeah, I shall shake the foundations yeah. of the earth. Of the earth. Yeah, <laughs> yes. RuPaul's Dead Race, <laughs> the, the new season theme. A little laugh <laughs> she does. Good. All Lord of the Rings. Ah. Um, so we're here, you know, we're back uh, after jumping to another cinematic universe or swinging into one with uh, No Way Home. Uh, we just had to put that in there. And now we're here to wrap up the end of the Lord of the Rings. Uh, you know, as I mentioned in The Hobbit, you know, after watching Peter Jackson's Hobbit, I just kind of wanted to watch the cartoon again. And then that became, let's just do the animated ones. And I, you know, I pushed for it. Everybody at home, I said, let's do one episode each. Let's drag it out. They said, no. I, Mike, them I think if we were a bigger podcast, this would be our Patreon content this episode, right? And I agree with you. Yeah. You know, I, I, I love when we do the slow down. It's my favorite time of the year, babies. When we do the individual thoughts and takes. Uh, a part of me even regrets that, you know, for Halloween, we watched all those movies. I wish we could have talked about those in the eras. We missed out on a full episode of Jacob talking Rob Zombie and convincing us all that those are masterpieces. Man. I'm very that happy we're lost. doing this here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's fun. And again, it's three it's three things that we're looking at here. So even before yeah. Peter Jackson's trilogy, you know, there existed the Rankin-Bass Hobbit uh, and then a Ralph Bakshi Lord of the Rings film, which covers up to... Helm's Deep, uh, and then Rankin and Bass came back to do uh, The Return of the King, That's which right. is basically everything you know from that Return book. Return of the King, um, right. So there's three of these things, and we're going to talk about them, but yeah, we just kind of wanted to bring you up to speed on the you know Lords of November <laughs> and uh, Unexpected December. Here's the thing. If you're watching on YouTube, I have a new, a new space that we just got into setting up, right. and... Um, as soon as I moved in, the first thing I threw on was Fellowship. 
And then the next day I did two towers and then I did return of the King all extended. And then the same day as return of the King, I watched the return of the King cartoon. So I am still wow. very much there you go. in the mindset and excited to talk about these. I, uh, watched return of the King today. I literally finished it about 10 minutes before wow. this, uh, it's fresh, but Lord of the ring, the Ralph Bakshi Lord of the rings in the Hobbit. I watched over a week ago because we were originally going to do this last week, but we had to talk about Spider-Man. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I'll try to remember certain things from them, but it's already kind of, it's not as fresh <laughs> in my mind as it once was. Well, Jacob, yeah, yeah. Uh, did we all agree we have all seen these prior to these viewings? No, I've seen, well, I've seen The Hobbit, uh, the Rankin-Bass Hobbit, but I've not seen the other two of this uh, unofficial wow. animated trilogy before now. Got uh, it. Colin, how about you? Yeah. Did you, you I, know, watch it as a kid? Or I have... I had all these DVDs. I have to assume wow. some sort of Costco thing from my dad where he's like, well, you know, we've already got the Lord of the Rings trilogy. We've got those books. Kids are going to like these. Um, I don't know what I'm more excited to talk about today after right, watching right. all three of these. I have a favorite, it's be fun. but there's a lot I want to say about all three of them, and I'm, I'm kind of bubbling sure. over. So, well, so yeah, Mike, yeah. Did, so, did you watch that? Oh, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, just my background. So I, I watched The Hobbit a ton as a kid, mm. you know, obviously. So that's why I had such a hard time with the Peter Jackson one, because I like the book and I like sure. this Rankin-Bass version. I'll get sure, into it there. Sure. But I watched that a lot. I watched the um, Bakshi Lord of the Rings a fair amount and was always confused by why it didn't have an ending. And then I watched Return of the King, the least out of these, but I had seen it as a child, you know, handful of times. But The Hobbit was kind of the main thing. Then Lord of the Rings and Return of the King, it was nice to kind of refresh on it. Yeah. For me, yeah, Yeah. first time viewing for the second and third installment of this unofficial trilogy. Uh, Fun fact, I have a couple fun facts that I want to sprinkle through this episode. But uh, uh, interestingly enough, these, these three movies were marketed as a cohesive trilogy by the company because i guess the company that owns all three of them now packaged them yeah they have the similar packaging and when they released them for dvd so they marketed them as a trilogy even though they're completely you know the middle part is completely unrelated from the rank and bass parts (laughs) uh and you know ralph actually we'll get into him uh oh yeah character but he yeah, hated. Well, gonna... He famously hated the Rankin Bass uh, Hobbit, and then he was uh, really mad because he wanted to make Return of the King, and he hated that version as well. So interesting. So we have the unofficial trilogy, yeah, that yeah. has some conflict within it, and we'll get into it. We're going to break these down one movie at a time: Hobbit, then Lord of the Rings, then Return of the King, and uh, it's sort of like with Spider-Man. The, um, spoilers, you know, clashing of multiverses. This is like a different universe of Lord of the Rings that existed prior to Peter Jackson, which introduced many people to Middle-earth. So it's, it's going to be an interesting kind of look at yes. uh, alternate takes on this media from uh, from the first age, I guess, right. for some of the people really, listening. These are the first cinematic adaptations of these Tolkien totally. books. So, excited to yeah. talk about so it. So it's going to be interesting. So, uh, uh, you know, let's, I say let's get on uh, the unexpected journey, you know. You know when you step out your front door, there's no telling where you'll be swept off to. So I heard that the greatest adventure is what lies ahead, and we're going to jump right into it right now. A normies like us. The greatest adventure is what lies ahead. Today and tomorrow are yet 
to be said The chances, the changes Are all yours to make The mold of your life Is in your hands to break We're back on Normies Like Us Where we are talking token There and back again We're wrapping up kind of our Final leg of the token journey Kicking it off with the animated uh, adventures here With The Hobbit Now it's the holiday season, boys. An important uh, note to point out, Rankin Bass, who, who produced this first entry, most known for those stop-motion holiday things that we all grew up with, where it's like Rudolph right. meets Frosty, Rudolph. and they like beat up Santa and all that bullshit. <laughs> the Abominable <laughs> yeah. Snowman. Yeah. Hermie the, the Elf, yes. you know, yeah. who wants to be a dentist, all that. Island of Misfit Toys. Mm-hmm. Classic. So, well-known for that. Um, another thing too with this is they outsource the animation for the Hobbit and return of the King. I want to make this, this is my fun fact, yes. um, to top craft animation, which is a Japanese animation studio famous for like Nausicaa and the Valley of the wind. And they would eventually go bankrupt. They would split it in half. And this is basically, uh, this for- formative company that became studio Ghibli, which is very interesting. So Amazing. Like early studio Ghibli. And it's, if you're not like, even if you're an anime nerd, you wouldn't connect The Hobbit with them. And uh, the first manager of uh, Studio Ghibli was the main dude from Topcraft, uh, mm. who's credited wow. on the opening of The Hobbit as well. So that is very interesting. To anime. That's very interesting to me because uh, this animation, let me say, I'm not a huge fan of it. Uh, the one in The Hobbit, at least. I mean, I think Return of the King may be a little bit better, but uh, I don't. I don't love this animation and. Uh, I don't know how you feel. I know, Mike, I think you're probably going to be a big fan of this movie, but mm-hmm. this movie, not a huge fan of it. Uh, it was, it was, I'm glad, you know, I'm glad I watched it, but I don't know if I'll ever watch it again. The character models, uh, I'm not a huge mm. fan of just, I guess the aesthetic and, uh, you know, the backgrounds are good, but it's just more that the character models, I just don't, I just find them unpleasant. <laughs> They're a little strange, yeah. you know, and a Toru Hara, by the way, is the name of the man who first managed Studio Ghibli, and he's right at the front of this, so fun facts done. Uh, but they do look weird, and I think a lot of my uh, affection for this film just comes from the nostalgia of, like, liking the book and this being the first on-screen representation. I kind of, like, even, you know, Smaug has, like, a cat head. It's, like, it's yeah, very weird. He uh, but I just kind of embrace all of that. And I even like the music. And everybody bitches about the music. I played it, you know, right. The Greatest Adventure. I, I love that song, unironically. There's some, so, there's some the good songs in here. There's some bangers. And then there's some that, you know, I could, I could go without. And it's, like, every couple, right. every 30 seconds or so, there'll be, like, two mm. lines of a song <laughs> throughout this yeah, whole yeah, movie. Yeah. Uh, but Colin, some of them are good. But yeah, what, <laughs> presentation-wise, how does this rub you? you visually, yeah, sonically, it looks so much like the yellow paperbacks I would find in my dad's cupboard of fantasy mm. novels. Like what what the covers of those looks like. Um, our generation mm-hmm. in particular, they look like Cabbage Patch dolls. Are these things that I had growing up called yeah. love bugs or cuddle bugs, which was some <laughs> sort of like sleep buddy that had like that weird cherub mm-hmm. face. Uh, it's sure. terrifying. <laughs> yes, they're chibi for the anime fans oh, out sure, there. It's absolutely, Mike. Absolutely. But you know, I would not have guessed right. that you know Studio Ghibli. This would become Studio Ghibli because I don't find the animation to be very similar. But I think it's the just the, the moments in Return of the King. I'll point out, yeah. but not now. It's complex. I like the way the orcs and the goblins movement. look. 
Yes. Yeah. It's it's mainly the the dwarves and some of the main characters. The way they accentuate the like wrinkles on their faces, uh, I I don't love it. And like some of the dwarves, their faces are so fucked up that they look like uh, <laughs> Klingons or something. Jacob, you remember my original uh, complaint when we were watching The Hobbit? You couldn't even look at those dwarves. These ones I can look at. And Mike, I had said in that episode that I even thought recalling to this animated series that they all look the same. No, there's a pretty good amount of uh, differences between all of them, character design-wise. They, they do, like mm. I said, they have pairs of two, like Keely Feely, Beefer Boffer Bofer, <laughs> they're kind of one design thing that you can clone, right. you know. Uh, Thorin. I'm never not laughing. I, I like Thorin but... the most. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, I could keep going, too. Dwalin and Balin, you know. It's, it's you know, more like the book, too. They each have a different colored cloak yes. that they wear. That's the main way so I like, tell yeah, them apart. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah so that's more represented here they probably did it in the peter jackson just you can't you can't there's so much going on right but um, i'm pretty sure they're all like it voiced by the same person except for thorn so thorn has his own voice actor but all the other are the same person Mm. okay (laughs) yeah i buy that you know different versions of the same voice i guess but what about our other characters then because i do like gandalf in this uh is there a fun fact Jacob, you know what? You know, there actually is. <laughs> uh, <laughs> How convenient. Yeah, that is. Follow the leader. Um, so Gandalf, famously in this version, is voiced by a uh, famous legendary director of films, John Huston, who uh, you may know, you know, he has done a lot of movies from like the 40s to maybe the 80s. Uh, you know, the African Queen, Treasure of the Sierra Madre, Lots of oh, film yeah. noirs in the 40s and 50s, that kind of thing. Uh, famous director. And, you know, daughter. his daughter is also a, a famous actress, Angelica Houston. You Morticia. might know from the Addams Family. Yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, very interesting that they just got this random film director. And then, El, or not Elrond, but Thranduil in this movie, the Elven King, is also... Oh, the King of the Wood Elves. Yes, is also voiced by a director... Otto Preminger, who is a German director, why? I believe. <laughs> why? So I have no idea Rain why. Bash has called in all the favors. Hey, yeah. you want to do a voice? But that's so that's why he has such a weird voice. I guess to talk about that, he like, has like an I think Austrian the elf accent. design in this. Yeah, it's like my least favorite. Yeah, of they're it. pretty weird. They're looking. So they look like goblins. Yeah, but he has that German accent. <laughs> it's he's very like it's very strange. And Elrond is weird looking, and he yes. pops up again in Return of the Kings. Uh, oh yeah, he's got a beard. And elves do you don't like any beard. of the Do you like how Gandalf looks, Jacob? Gandalf looks all right in this one. Um, I'm not a fan of Bilbo, honestly, either. He's just like a little round guy. (laughs) And Gollum in this version. Don't even get me started on on little Gollum. I I like him. We'll we'll get to riddles. Um, On this watching, I think Bilbo is like kind of an asshole. (laughs) Like He's He's a little sassy, yeah. He's so sassy, right? And like sometimes unnecessarily so, um, to where it's almost mean spirited. Like, like with oh my stars, like no, when he yeah he finds the ring and then he's like follow the leader. He's like, a yeah, he's, you know, just, yeah, he's like, there's that no one to deliver that line to. You're just being sassy, yeah. But which Gollum never deserved. Smiled. You know what he got. Uh, no. Yeah, and you know, R.I.P. as well to the voice of uh, Bilbo and Frodo in the Return of the King. I wanted to mention Orson yep. Bean, who died in 2020 at 91 years of oh age. Oh my god! So. Oh wow! Yeah, I do like his voice for both of these characters. Like some of his Matt characterization from the script, but I, I, I like especially when he's just in Hobbiton, and it's like. When, when there's more like innocent moments, and he's just like, yeah. "Yes, five armies." 
well, who would have thought? You know, right, it's yeah. like, yeah, it kind of works for me. Yeah. I don't like that. Um, but, the fact that they can be played by the same voice actor really highlights to me that they are this interchangeable protagonist <laughs> in this epic tale that he wants to tell. You could argue right. it's like, well, no, I know that Bilbo is a little different than Frodo, but this, it's just like, no, they're just the point of view character. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll just do right. that. And there are portions of this. I, I feel this um, pretty accurately tells like the key beats of the Hobbit book. Yes. It's really well, short. Mike, I um, was about to say, even yeah. better than telling the key beats of them, by the time we meet uh, Smaug the Dragon and we're 40 minutes in, I thought... Isn't this like the end of the second movie that I watched six hours? <laughs> mm-hmm. Right. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So it's really expedites the plot points. Really and, does. Um, skips skips over some, a lot of the action as well. Yeah. And we'll get, to, I want to leave the music out because they do use that as a way to kind of shorten, you know, like to kind of explain stuff. Yes. But I just want to mention what was left out completely. And oh, then we'll I meet a bard character that will eventually explain all the plots of things to us. <laughs> yes. He was existent the whole time. Um, but they cut out things like Bayorn, you know, doesn't yes. exist in this Bum film. There's out. nothing with the Arkenstone or Dragon Sickness. And, you know, so, but other than that, like no stone giants, mm. uh, but they do do, you know, this stuff with the trolls, the Goblin King. Spiders. Um, the bear, the spiders, Mirkwood, yeah, the barrels out of Bond, Lake Town, mm-hmm. which I Slog do like Mountain when they go into Mirkwood and the five armies. And Gandalf yeah. leaves them. Uh, he tells Bilbo to like write down in his diary everything that happens, and then so that way mm-hmm. we have a Bilbo narration from like the you know the forest that's on, cool. where he's like describing what's happening in the forest, and that's another way they can kind of accelerate uh, certain plot points, uh, right? Yeah. Huh. Yeah, so kind of clever and also explains, oh, that's why he's writing the book in the first place right. from there and back again. So it kind of ties in. Yeah, I do like that. And you get little stuff, you know, with Gandalf. It, your story rings true. It, yes, you know, like, I know you got a ring. Don't tell these idiots. <laughs> so, like, I got to go. Yeah. yeah. Mike, what but, did you um, think of Smaug? Yeah. Oh, man. I, he looks like a cat. <laughs> Why? I, I do think that. actually why, why? I like the design of Smaug in this. He was one of my favorite parts of the animation itself because I didn't love the characters' models, but I loved I did like I, the design of Smaug. I, it's it's distinct, and I've never hated it as a kid. I just thought it was weird. It's like I guess Smaug is just like this this thing. It's <laughs> he's not even a normal dragon. He's yeah. Smaug, right? And that's why he looks different. And he's got like the the laser beam eyes and stuff. And yes. I like this version. Which it's like in the book, it's like it was like great spotlight shown yeah, out, but totally it's like makes the way sense. they draw it, it's like Metal it. Gear, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I like this version of that scene better than the Peter Jackson version, mm. and he actually does, you know, my breath death. I like Smaug, how he's kind of just chilling, like he's half asleep for a bit of it. He's like, You're no threat to me, you know, I'm uh, you know, it, it, I like this better than the Jackson version. What do you guys think? Yeah, I think so, I think you're right. And then Colin, yeah, absolutely. Uh, on a personal note, I'll just say I, you know, I zeroed in on that cast list before we even went. As I was making these notes here, Robert Stack is the voice actor of this, and my father, who I, mm. I love to death, is a, a film buff. I think I've gotten most of my taste from him. Like I mentioned, he bought all these movies for me over the years. Certainly that first Lord of the Rings mm-hmm. trilogy, and certainly this one as well. Um, just one time to me when I was home from college, said. You know, Colin, Robert Stack is the best supporting actor of all time. I said, like, like in what? He said, oh, nobody plays a better villain. Just nobody. All these old cowboy movies, TV. I was just thinking this the other day. It's important for you to know that. And I think 
maybe All right. the proudest he's ever been of me in my entire life was one time like five years ago. I watched a Paul Newman, Elmore Leonard movie called Ombre, where I brought up that Robert mm-hmm. Stack is the bad guy in that movie. And my dad just went so ballistic. He was so happy. So <laughs> he was to, like so to happy. see that Robert Stack is the villain of The Hobbit, I just it adds further fodder to his to his thing. Like who who else would you Legacy, have gotten? Yeah. Like I'll I'll just always remember this from this point on forever for that. So I I, I loved it's it. Star studded. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, I think that's a fantastic scene. Uh, Jacob, I know you had some thoughts on this one then to bring up something that's in all versions. Uh, Riddles in the Dark. Mm -hmm. We have, you know, the classic Finding of the Rings scene. You know, what do you think about this Riddles in the Dark, Jacob? Well, um, you know, I kind of liked it. I mean, Gollum, all three versions of Gollum that exist, I find interesting (laughs) for different reasons, I think. I like the fish man the best, I'll say. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. is, is that this one? Is he a fish man? Or is this one's almost fish man. He's not the man. zombie that okay. we'll get to. <laughs> so we'll get this to one has okay. like weird posture. and yeah. uh, It's like a lizard almost. Yeah, I like how he paddles his little boat because that is from yes. the books. And I like the certain details that were added from the books where he has his little, his little hut on his little island yes, or whatever. Yes, I love mm-hmm. it. Yeah. 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 Uh, and like this is a time. To, yeah, oh no, go ahead. I was just gonna I say about his voice. Um, I don't know about his voice as much as as some of the other versions. If I'm a fan, though, it's very raspy. And after being exposed to the Andy Circus, you know, yeah, iconic kind of definitive. That's kind of the definitive version of the character. And I right. grew up with this, so I still like it in this context. But I don't think it competes with Andy Circus's performance. But I still like this version is good that's ah, no, hard i would I even, like it more or less than peter jackson's or i don't know colin what do you think peter jackson's no, my favorite is the ralph this. bakshi rotoscoped guy <laughs> who dives into the water that's the definitive smeagol i would have to okay, put i think okay, i would have we'll to put there. the uh, ralph bakshi golem over this golem in my rankings uh oh i would bury that one but we'll yeah, get interesting there. But, but i do like this riddles in the dark better than the peter jackson riddles in the dark i think yes I like his voice when he's, you know, it's very raspy and it's like almost straining, yeah. you know. He's, they're All undead. Yeah, that's the like take that they go with. Yeah. Yeah. But then again, he's sassy Bilbo. I guess I like it better. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Could it be the ring? Surely. <laughs> I can be mistaken. You know, it's like, all right. But yeah, I think this is just a pretty good telling you get barred just as much as he's in the book he just shows up kills a dragon right. and cool. then uh, yeah then we get the battle it's you know pretty much straightforward like the book i mean more dwarves die here but you get the main you know thorin apologizing and you know it, it's it's the hobbit he doesn't get the arkenstone so bilbo never tries to like negotiate a right. peace treaty but you right. know more or less it, it, it a lot works. of the same lines yeah. because they are from the source material of course yeah a lot of the same right, dialogue. Right. yeah let me ask you so, this. I guess. Oh, yeah. yeah. I have quick question. Uh, so, obviously, our friend, our dearly departed friend, Joe, who uh, I think went out west with <laughs> he's the... He's still uh, watching Spider-Man. <laughs> no, I he's got Yeah, gold I think he departed sickness. out west with the elves. Uh, yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. But he mentioned before that this was like a mainstay of like, you're in school. It's like the last day of the year. Mm. Teacher is like, I'm not teaching anymore. Let's put on the fucking Hobbit movie. Was that an experience for you guys, uh, you know, in your past as well? I don't think they ever threw this on. It would be random Christmas movies. I remember like um, Jingle All the Way. Sure. 
you know, two-part or double period or something. But that's about it. Colin, do they ever now, throw this the on at school for The big one for us was uh, Sean Connery's Medicine Man, where he gives that mm. speech about a fish could swim up your urethra. And uh, I don't know why. I, I wish that to catch too. that fish. Yeah, really? Oh, yeah. my God. Why, Jacob? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so, I guess uh, the last thing I think we should discuss with this, then, is the music. Yes. All right. Uh, Colin, I'll throw to you first. What is your favorite song the from The Hobbit The songs movie? that are in the book that you described to me, like, you know, that's what Bilbo Baggins hates are yes. Misty Mountains. tolerable yes. yeah. in this movie. Mike composed to be, you know, frenetic, ADHD-laced, you know, nightmare that was a film intended to be shot for a high frame rate and 3D, 3D which, like, right. I don't want anything mm-hmm. coming at me. I don't want any dishes anywhere. I like this yeah. very relaxed, chill, still-mocking vibe. But, no, I, I, I liked them all. You know, I, I liked I liked every song in it. I thought they were all great. I have a good answer for this. Nice. You know, I liked uh, yeah. the beginning songs as well, but I have to say, best song in this movie has got to be Goblin Town, the Goblin song. Yes, right? I was hoping <laughs> you would down, say that it. song's a banger. Down, down the Goblin. Down. <laughs> it yes, is. and I like. I do like the Goblin designs as well in this. So uh, anything involving the goblins and orcs in the these movies, look cool. I'm into. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I wish like I hate the Goblin King and Peter Jackson's version, <laughs> even though these are weird, like Japanese take on a fantasy book, right? Like, Design wise, it's like. It's just better. I yeah. hate the Goblin King in Peter Jackson's. I hate everything about Goblin right. Town, but I love Goblin Town. And here. that song is a banger, and I think it's the best one in the movie. Yeah, it slaps. The, the ones I don't like and, and it, I could do without are the just where the the singer comes in for a line or two as they're like going on. It's a lot of repeating lines and that kind of thing, right? Like they do that in Riddles in the Dark. They have someone even sing some of the riddles to show like yes. time passing to speed it along, and they do that a lot. Mm. Um, and that opening song, which I do like a lot. And I find myself humming it all the time. That's like the only original mm. song that's not from the book, as far as my oh, knowledge. Cool. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So the rest are from the book, um, or lines that were sung and you know, expository from the book. But um, yeah, I think overall, besides inspiring the Lemmy Winks arc of South Park, <laughs> you know, I think this should have a lasting legacy. I think it's worth watching, and it's my favorite version of The Hobbit. Yeah, Jacob, yeah. when you say you, you, you don't think you would ever watch this again, you would watch the Peter Jackson ones over watching this again? I might. Wow. <laughs> or I might just oh, never man. watch any Hobbit Yeah, you uh, just, you just like might be done with zombie, stuff though. about the Hobbit. That's, yeah, that's where I, I do, think I'm at, buddy. <laughs> yeah, I do find mm. you know Lord of the Rings is much more rewatchable yes. as a story than The Hobbit to me. Uh, and I read the book as a kid, The Hobbit as well. Maybe I'll reread yeah. the book at some point. But uh, I a like, rambling I like children's more. tale from a man who you know was yes. really dealing with stuff and and was constantly week by week interested in language over story over you know just changing what he wanted to focus on. I agree with you. the The narrative story right. he actually put together is better than this. And it's and and The Hobbit is very mm. episodic. Because that's the way it was written. Because it was originally written as it's like, you, like chapter, uh, right. you know, he wrote it as like bedtime stories for his his son, right? So it's like that's why it is so episodic, and that makes sense. But uh, it's not as interesting to me as the grand epic tale of Lord of the Rings, right. right? No, it is certainly not. But I believe that this format of a cartoon aimed at children, a tone for children, clearly knows what it wants to be, right? 
is the superior version and it's like you could put it on before bedtime it's still like a bedtime sure, story yeah. it's just you know now, movie can you now. imagine so I, I think this, that this was, is just my other thought that I'm having can you imagine if A.A. A. Milne I believe that's his name the guy who came up with Winnie the Pooh <laughs> who I believe also did it for a, a similar reasoning of, of telling stories to kids and mm-hmm. sat down and written like an epic tale after that called like Thousand Acre Woods that was like like sure. the sequel oh, to yeah. Winnie the Pooh <laughs> The factions <laughs> fighting for Christopher Robin's and love. And then they oh, rose. Goodness. Such it was a curious bear. <laughs> yes, and then the kangaroos came. Yeah, that would be that wild. Um, yeah, I, I, let's see that alternate timeline. But I guess for now, because The Hobbit does lead into, uh, as Gandalf says, the ending is only the beginning, if you knew what that oh, ring God. was. So let's talk about the epic tale of J.R.R. Tolkien and Ralph Bakshi's Lord of the Rings. Two-thirds of it. Yes. Coming up next, I know he's like us. We're back. We're talking Lord of the Rings. Literally, a movie just called Lord of the Rings. We just dropped a bunch of acid. We're here. It's Mm -hmm. 1978, just a year later, with a totally different company doing something totally different. That's right. Um, I've actually done a lot of research into, you know, how this movie got made, why it got made, uh, all the production details of it. It's a fascinating uh, movie. I don't know how you guys feel about it, but I wanted to ask you up top. Ralph Bakshi, how familiar mm. are with him, with his his other work? Uh, you know, Colin, what do you? What about you? Right before this, like like before the rewatch, before all this was refreshed in my mind, like even just hearing the name Ralph Bakshi, I was like, oh, the Dragon's Lair Space Ace guy. That's cool. I'll be able to talk to Mike about um, those video games. No, that's Don Bluth. So like my brain's right. like racketing around. I'm I looking confuse it up. those two a lot. Hmm. That's interesting as it, well. Yeah, it makes sense to me. Modern animators. Then, yeah. uh, listeners, I'm going to remind you. I'm what you call a gentleman pervert. <laughs> is what I like to say on this podcast. <laughs> okay. I like sure. body adult things, but I always try to come at it from a critical lens where mm-hmm. I can say like, I love Elvira. Uh, yeah, it doesn't hurt to look at her, but yeah, she's so important to history. Yes, yes, yes. Come on, Colin. Mm-hmm. Now, in that pursuit, I like to find. Dirty things that are considered art. I have seen Fritz the Cat and stuff. I, I am okay. well aware mm-hmm. of the past of Ralph Bakshi. And his movie yeah. Fire and Ice was like huge for me and my brother growing up. Like a, a sword and sorcery. So I'm, I'm huh. curious about you guys as well. Mm-hmm. I literally Mike, how about you? have only seen this. I don't know anything mm-hmm. else about him. Wow. So I'm, I'm on the yeah. edge of my seat <laughs> to learn a little bit about the production of this and, yeah. and how it came to be. Well, let me give you a little bit of his, his, his biography, I guess. So Ralph Bakshi, uh, best known for making uh, sort of urban NC-17 uh, adult animation. Mm-hmm. And this was during a time period uh, where, you know, main, the main kind of animation was like Disney, Looney Tunes, that kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Ralph Bakshi wanted to make adult-oriented an- animation. Uh, so his, I guess maybe one of his most well-known is Fritz the Cat, which is his first right. uh feature length. Uh, but his first couple were all urban focusing on, uh, a lot of the political stuff going on at the time with like race relations, civil rights, and that kind of thing, Mm -hmm. inner city drugs, prostitution. 
uh, very over the top, like NC 17, like, you know, nudity, violence, drug use, like all kinds of crazy oh, stuff. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, he was a crazy guy as well. Like, uh, you know, did a lot of cocaine, uh, just was working on like four <laughs> projects at once throughout God the seventies and just like working like crazy doing cocaine, staying up all night, just trying to do all these different yeah, projects. Right. Uh, but he was also very interested in fantasy, epic fantasy. And he made a movie right before this one called Wizards. Have you ever heard of that one? I've Mike? seen it on like Netflix and stuff. There's like a weird yeah. chicken thing and a guy sitting on it. And it might, I, if you were like me passing that box in Blockbuster as mm-hmm. a kid, the box promised something the movie did not pay off because oh. it looked like this. Like, you're yes. like, is that Dune or Star Wars? Yeah. No. Nope. It's, it looks, yeah. yeah, it's sort of like that, but it's more like Fern Gully or something like that. Yes. But it's fascinating <laughs> because uh, I have, I did see this when I was younger, and I probably shouldn't have. It had a lot of concepts that would would go over, you know, young child's uh, heads. But uh, <laughs> this was his first take on fantasy, and uh, it was it dealt with basically the villain. Uh, in this finds like old basically it takes place in the future like a post-apocalyptic future that's also has magic uh the villain finds a bunch of hidden uh nazi propaganda from from remembering this on now (laughs) yes it's insane it's absolutely insane but it's more interesting than good i would say it's not very good uh it has pacing issues uh which you know you could also say that lord of the rings does as well but uh it was his first stab at like an original fantasy and it's very interesting uh i like a lot of the imagery in it but it's not a very good movie got it got it so then so then that interest leads him to have interest in lord of the rings yes. do you know how so he, he wanted got to that make job? Yeah, he wanted to make Lord of the Rings for a long time, actually, even before Wizards. Uh, the rights to Lord of the Rings itself back in those days were very interesting. Uh, filmmaker John Borman wrote a script that never got produced. Uh, uh, basically, United Artists, which is uh, the company that uh, uh, he worked for, bought the rights to the, this Lord of the Rings script and just threw it away. This script was also insane. It involved like it uh, Frodo and Galadriel sex scene and, what? and uh, Boromir and Aragorn have like a threesome with Arwen. Good, yes, it's crazy. Good. Wow. <laughs> Is this the Amazon yeah. series they're prepping? Uh, they should, they should adapt that. Oh yeah. God. But so they threw that script away, completely rewrote it. Uh, and, uh, you know, this is kind of Ralph Bakshi's pet project that he wanted to get off the ground. And uh, he had really high hopes for it. But ultimately, it, you know, for budgetary reasons, obviously, they had to cut a lot of corners. Um, there's a lot of different animation techniques used in this, including rotoscoping, which is heavily used throughout the movie in different ways, right? Mm-hmm. Sometimes you have just, uh, you know, traceover type of like, so it's animation over like a, a guide that was shot live action. Then you have, uh, you know, the more the silhouette t- technique. They have a couple different techniques that, that you could get into. But uh, I actually really like the sort of mixed media wow. of it all, where it's like, yeah. you know, different techniques kind of colliding with each other. It's, it's interesting. What do you guys think? Yeah. I, I, coming off, you know, what you said with the, you know, mixed media, it does feel, and if you've never seen this listeners, you, you kind of have to check it out or watch a trailer to get reference, but it, it feels like this patchwork of creative ideas. Like there, w- yeah. one scene character look completely different from the next scene. And there's a lot of techniques <laughs> where everything is, everything is clashing so much that it, 
ends up somehow cohesive. It's it's bizarre, and I, I'm fascinated, yeah. and it's it's yeah. very interesting to look at. Colin, what do you think about it? The presentation of this. I think that this is the movie that should play in the background if you set your movie in the '70s from now on. Like this <laughs> oh, yeah. should be on a TV. It's so yeah. trippy. It's what people think like Austin Powers is. You know, it's it's like what they're making fun of is this druggy wild right. fantasy laden <laughs> hippie culture um yeah, like led the zeppelin had songs about this watercolor right. yeah. the fucking led zeppelin <laughs> singing about these fucking misty mountains mike right um right because exactly the the counterculture of like like lord of the rings at the time was a sort of counterculture thing it wasn't in the mainstream yet it it wasn't you know known by everybody uh, so it definitely had that psychedelic ness to it, that Led Zeppelin, like you the said. The Beatles, uh, everybody kind of was. Yeah. The Beatles wanted to make a Lord of the Rings as well. You're right. Uh, and yeah. just the background, sometimes there's the more realistic style background. Sometimes it's the more stylistic, abstract, uh, just you know, live action going up against traditional animation. It's just insane. It's just from scene to scene. There are, there are moments. And and like you're saying the different techniques, because we have the intro credits that are the story we're being told. And Jacob, you posted a a really dope comparison of the Peter Jackson movies in this. I I would ask Norman's to seek that out. Uh, It's, it's a great visual guide, but the, the, the live action, the silhouetting is that what you called it the the shadow puppets shadow, that's essentially yep. happening it yeah. is people like there is there, no animation techniques are are happening outside of just coloring the background are you know is there other stuff like this i just i can't even think of another movie that does as much as this is well, doing it was a technique of the time yeah sure uh amir darkly uses rotoscoping this was actually really ahead of its time and actually was kind of pioneering these concepts that would go on to be more standard practice within the animation industry. Uh, so it's super ahead of its time, but uh, Wizards also uses this sort of mix of live, more live action sometimes as well. There's a lot of that going um, on, I think. Like with, with Later you get like heavy metal and stuff or similarly yes, like yeah. using totally, Mike. live reference, I guess. And mm-hmm. it's, it's a so, time saver. It, it quote unquote yeah. looks sloppy to animators, I would say, but right. the wildness is, is that, I mean, there's, there's a moment you were talking about the Galadriel scene off mic before we started Jacob, mm-hmm. but the, there's the moment where she's offering the ring, has her hand out. And just because of the person they're modeling, the fingers wiggle and move. That would be a normal animator would say it's not worth it. We're not, there's no reason to animate and show right. that motion. But in this, the, 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 following the human form as, as closely as they do makes it wilder and weirder that it is realism. Yeah. It makes it There's a lot of accentuation of, you know, gesturing and that kind of thing as they're walking around. That's true. Aragorn well. trips at one point. He just, they're running and he just trips and everybody just oh, gets yeah. up and keeps going. And there's also a moment when Gandalf, <laughs> Why Gandalf would you draw that, Mike? Yeah. Just end uh, the shot. Another moment. When Gandalf the White reveals himself, he tangles his like cloak <laughs> in his staff. Yes, he and does. He does. Wow. Yeah, almost this entire Wild. movie was shot live action. 
is either a guide or wow. if we see, you know, we see with the orcs and the ring wraiths, like they're just, it's just live action footage that's like high contrast silhouetting. Right, and then they're like then drawing they teeth like the on them and, and shit. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's very uh, but even like, you know, Frodo and the, the hobbits and everyone, their movements are all rotoscopes. They're all you traced from a guide that's live action. Uh, that's why you see them kind of, the way they move, it just looks like live action, but it's, it's animated. It's very strange. I mean, and you have this- some characters that are totally animated, uh, and they look like a different series or something. Like like Legolas looks like he's from the Flintstones or something. He looks amazing. Yeah, in this. Wow. <laughs> How dare you? I, I love all the character designs. I think um, Boromir is the biggest upgrade. I love the Viking helmet, but <laughs> yeah. Legolas somehow in his, beard. It looks so cool. Yeah, I, I did. Legolas remember seeing yeah. him. Be like, that's a cool bow guy. When I was a kid, I, I almost got. <laughs> yeah, the, the his bug. staff is cool. Yeah. And you get uh, also, of course, Legolas voiced by Anthony Daniels, C-3PO. Amazing. Uh, so there's a fun fact for you. Um, wow. Nice. Yeah. Did you know that? No, I didn't know that. I was, I was thinking that Leonard Nimoy did that Hobbit song. And that's so you got <laughs> yeah. Star Trek and Star Wars involved with this. <laughs> that's right. Great. And Aragorn voiced by uh, John Hurt, a famous actor. Not uh, who I would cast. R.I.P. Uh, I thought he did a good job, though. And he did uh, weird, uh, you know, kind of bowl cut Aragorn, uh, no pants, uh, yeah. <laughs> tunic, tunic no, way no above either. the waist. <laughs> I mean, he is he is full Winnie the Pooh in it. Yeah. That, that dick is out. They call dogs. him Strider. <laughs> but we Strider. love it. We love it. We see your uh, dick. <laughs> yeah. The Dunedain. It's our custom. Fascinating stuff. But, but the, yeah. the, just the amount of different techniques used, uh, the abstract backgrounds, like it all kind of comes together in a way that's super interesting, even with certain, you know, pacing problems, whatever you want to say. And there are definitely pacing problems in this movie, but uh, I, it's, I love it. It's super interesting. I feel like it, it works poorly as a telling of the Lord of the Rings, but it works great as mm. an art piece. You know what I mean? Like you yes. can just yeah. experience this. You need yes. to experience yeah. hey, thank it. Thank yeah. you. It's super and trippy. I feel like because you're not on Molly or Acid, Jacob, you're not understanding <laughs> that those parts that run too long are just like grooving at that moment. Yeah, yeah. Let's yeah. Need to rush, well, man. what they choose to focus on sometimes, it's like, uh, you know, when when the uh, you know after they leave Bree and Frodo's running away from the Ring Wraiths, and there's a part where he's, you know, it's the the, the forded river or whatever it's called. Mm. Uh, he falls off his horse and, you know, he uses the ring oh, to go yeah. invisible. That scene stretches on for like ever. <laughs> when he's, when he's being stabbed right. with the Morgul blade. Yeah, there's yeah. such yeah. a buildup. Yeah. yeah. And anything with the ring wraith, it's like they stretch it out. And some of the action, like it's not amazing action, uh, but it's just, it's, it's fascinating. To I have watch. strong memories of the Moria sequence. Uh, that action scene yeah. in particular uh, from a kid and I have really strong memories of um, how bad Sam is and it makes me sad <laughs> I love Sam in this oh, version oh, can, can, I, can I interject real quick on yeah. this bad, I watched even. a Q&A with Sean Astin uh, mm-hmm. Sam in the in the original trilogy original I, I'm going to keep saying original because this yeah, trilogy yeah. does not count <laughs> the yeah. actual trilogy let's right. say um, where with his audition First of all, he auditioned as Sam with the Shelob scene. And that's two towers. So that, that wow. really blows me away with how far along they had those screenplays. Yeah. Um, yeah. He, he, he goes, I think I'm going to get it. I'm going to run to the library and get as much content as I can. He gets the audiobook, which is narrated by Ian Holm before they even did it. So that's amazing. Oh, wow. I didn't wow. even realize that fact. 
He picks yeah. up the book, picks up the bigger collection, you know, any compendiums, gets the Ralph Bakshi version, runs home, watches it immediately the first thing and goes, oh. And when he finally gets the part, goes, we're not going to do like Sam, like the Ralph Bakshi version, right? Peter <laughs> Jackson went, no, 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 no. Yeah, I I don't see the problem I personally. Know. I like yeah, I like this version of Sam. Uh, he's you know, he's he's doing all the things that Sam does. He's sticking up for for Mister Frodo. He's got a big heart, and uh, yeah, he's I like very how goofy he looks. To see the elves. He's very <laughs> yes, excited to see the elves. He loves it. He loves it. <laughs> well, it kind of points out that you know, in the book, you know, he is a lot younger than Frodo. He's a child. Frodo is like deceivingly old because hobbits don't look as old as you know mm. Frodo's like 33 years old yeah. and he looks like he's like 15 or something but uh he you know he's very much like a junior to you know Frodo he's he's a younger uh hobbit do we know how so old he is kind of, but, or just I'm not sh- I'm not sure he is exactly just like that his is gardener. why he calls him you know Mr. Frodo yeah and he calls him Mr. Frodo because he just works for him right they're not homies yeah. like that but it, yeah it, it's all right it's all right I guess. it's like if you and your landlord went on a quest together I don't yeah, really basically. know this guy <laughs> yeah but speaking of Peter Jackson you know uh this was his first uh, actual experience with Lord of the Rings was watching this movie uh, as a younger uh, cool. person. And he does take a lot of visual inspiration from uh, this like. movie. Certain scenes are filmed almost the exact same way. Uh, like that, that uh, comparison video I, I showed you guys uh, points out. Um, one scene in particular, the where they're hiding from the ring wraith on the road when they hide behind the log. Yeah, that's all. That's framed like almost the same way. Uh, other scenes are just blocked very similar. Even the the Moria parts are very similarly blocked. So I just find that very interesting as yeah, well. Yeah, that, that you sent over that comparison and like the proud feet guy, like that's framed exactly like the Bakshi version. And I think yeah, uh, another scene that always stands out to me that works well here is when the ring wraiths go into Bree and stab the pillows. Mm. Like that's very yeah, similar to where they're thing. standing yeah. and the layout of the beds. And Do you think Peter really Jackson effective. took the stills of the animated movie and put it over his camera and did his own rotoscoping? <laughs> I think like, he just got the raw footage and, and it was ready to go. Yeah, yeah the there we go. <laughs> but he definitely yeah, was. was uh, ins- yeah, why do we took visual inspiration this? from this? <laughs> Make a and, movie. Uh, yeah. I just think it's really interesting with the inspiration that he takes. Uh, one thing he did not include, uh, which he should have, is Frodo doing a little dance in the tavern in Bree to impress everyone. Yes. Which, wh- why is that not in his version? I'd love to see that. I, I wanted more Aruman in, uh, you know. Yeah. They Do you know why that is? It's because uh, they thought when they were making it, they're like, people are going to confuse Sauron and Saruman. So sometimes they call him Aruman, sometimes they call him Saruman, which just makes it more confusing. Exactly. Yes, it does. <laughs> I like yeah. how he looked, though. I thought he looked really cool. Mm-hmm. And his speech is good, too. The way of pain. You know, he's a little more nasally. Yeah. yeah but. He's good. Gandalf is good in this version. I like Gandalf in both the Rankin-Bass and this. Like, I it's like hard the to do Rankin badly, a little better. Yeah. Yeah. But he's yeah, good here, too. What, what about Gollum? Is this Fishman? Gollum. <laughs> no, this is zombie. This is the scariest looking one possible because it's only got the few scenes where they reference, right? You know, uh, other yeah. than later where they're the same one that Joe used to hate. The Why do they just introduce the bad guy with everybody going, you know, hey, who's that behind us? But yes, skulking <laughs> out from the darkness is, right. again, Jacob. Peter Jackson must have stolen. I mean, this is the look down to the loincloth, the, the sunken... 
It is very similar. And mm-hmm. I like his voice too in this <clears throat> one. Um, and his, you know, he's featured a little later because he has more two tower scenes in this movie. Let's talk about uh, the sort of pacing because it's two books. So you get to, you know, the end of fellowship and then it just kind of keeps going. Shows a bunch of, Bold you know, to call your movie stuff. Lord of the Rings. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then finishes very abruptly yes. uh, on a, and say in 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 you know Gandalf kind of wraps it up and says, and then everyone was vanquished forever. But maybe this is you know just part one. Who knows? And then it yeah. ends. But uh, and it ends also with Gollum kind of teasing Shelob, which we obviously don't get to see. Uh, but he's leading him up the winding stairs. Uh, mm-hmm. But I, I do like Gollum in this version as well. Not I, I don't like it as much as the Hobbit, but I think he's fine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we get Mike. a lot of the same scenes, you know, he, he, they put the rope around him and he's like, you know, it's burning and all yep, that. Yep. It's interesting. Pacing to see issues. What, oh, I mean, this is a, it's a, it's a drug trip. It's not a movie. So yeah. like, it's don't, don't approach it as a movie. Would you have preferred to see the continuation of this or the Rankin Bass Return of the King? Uh-huh. You know what? I think I would rather see the continuation of this because it's so bizarre. But we'll get to I Return couldn't of even the imagine yeah. what part two would look Here's like. Here's what I feel like with a lot of these. I won't go to Return of the King yet, but this one in particular, if you had no knowledge of Lord of the Rings, like the holes left here, like you would not understand what's yeah. going on. Like you, you as an audience right. have to do a lot of filling in the blanks by <laughs> right. knowing the book or whatever. So. For sure. For sure. I, I really wish that we got a follow up to this. Uh, because it does end on in such a weird way that it's like, um, oh man, I really wish you know we could see a Return of the King version of this. But uh, can you imagine? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's well, a- I don't know what Shelob would look like. I, it's literally <laughs> footage of a tarantula that he probably shoots and then draws yeah. like I don't know like fangs <laughs> on top of right. Like it was yeah. like it so large. crazy in, com- yeah. in comparison. Yeah. To the, that's it. Yeah, but. I kind of agree with you, Mike. You know, it's not a great adaptation if you're not familiar with the source material. It could be kind of confusing. But I do like they get certain details really right. And it's, you know, even small details where it's like, man, that that nailed it almost, you know, as good or even at sometimes better than the Peter Jackson version, just certain parts or certain scenes to me. Um, and even like, you know, Boromir's death, it's not as good as in the Peter Jackson version, but they give it kind of a weight. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if I like the movie it. stopped right there. Accurate. Be a good one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Overall, I mean, it's, it's fascinating and I think people should experience it, but it's, it's like, when it was made, like Jacob said, this was all kind of counterculture. You had to be a fucking Lord of the Rings nerd to even want to watch this in the first place. So you had no right. problem filling in the blanks. You know, same thing with if you're listening to this, you've already seen Peter Jackson's likely and you like this stuff. So experience it because it's it's yeah. a trip, man. This It's very trippy. This one was, to me, the most watchable of these three movies. Held my attention the best and it's probably the one I would choose to rewatch more than wow. the other two. Hmm. No offense to, uh, you know, Rankin and Bass. Uh, no offense to you guys. Uh, <laughs> but, oh, and the Galadriel scene, we didn't even mention this. Uh, oh, yeah. The mirror, uh, it's, you know, it's like a psychedelic trip. You know, it's like a kaleidoscope. Uh, the whole you know, time, the take whole some LSD scene. or something. 
Yeah. Yeah. Um, so a lot of cool techniques, very trippy, and it's an experience for sure. This movie made me sick. I don't like looking at it. <laughs> it made me nervous. It truly made me think this is what the 70s is. This is the most 70s movie ever made. It's not Dirty yeah. Harry. You know, it's not like Parallax View, wow. any of those like crazy 70s thrillers. It's this. This is the most 70s movie ever made. I don't like it because of that. I don't want to think <laughs> about that See, time I do period. like it because of that. I do want it to be uh, on every TV if when people start making yes. Stranger Things 1970, yeah, whatever. Absolutely, Absolutely. yeah. yeah. I would to. say, you know... Replace The Walking Dead or Night of the Living Dead. <laughs> replace right. it with this. Yeah. Um, you know, I could definitely see it being a cult hit. Um, if you're interested in this at all... Check out some of Ralph Bakshi's other work. They're very hit and miss, but, uh, you know, Fritz the Cat. He had another one called Heavy Traffic, which is about, like, inner city drugs and stuff. Uh, uh, Wizards, like I said, insane movie. <laughs> Do you guys know who R. Crumb um, is? The the comic strip artist? Yes. Oh, he did, like, similar yeah, stuff. Similar like, race cat, relations. Right? Exactly. Yeah. Animals. He, yeah, it's, yeah. You know, but the... You've got to, like, caricatures of people who aren't white people. It's all I would say to enjoy uh, Ralph Bakshi's yes. work. So if you're well, racist, is Ralph Bakshi, you're love it. He Jeez. lived in the inner city. He was very interested in like black culture at that time. Oh yeah. Uh, and it's and you know, these movies are very political too. Fritz the Cat, very political, very interested in like civil rights and that kind of thing. Um, I saw I took a film and animation class in in college and I was I watched Fritz the Cat in that class and was was introduced wow. to to uh Ralph Bakshi that way but I definitely suggest checking out his other work he's he's a really interesting guy. Yeah, yeah just content warning if you're sensitive about those type of depictions <laughs> yeah. yes. just be aware. NC17. Yeah. 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 Uh, it's like yeah. Frank Miller who who just lived in, you know, downtown Los Angeles while he was writing these comic books that were like violence and crazy and surrounded by people where you're just like, you you guys were all going through something at some point. So you just <laughs> well, talking about stuff because he was going through stuff, you know. Everyone's yeah. just figuring their shit out and True. Yeah. This was a crazy yet crazy one. I would watch this again, not before The Hobbit because it doesn't have any good songs. Right. But that will be rectified <laughs> in the next movie we're going to talk about. That's when we right. get the conclusion of the perfect trilogy. Rankin <laughs> Let's Bass, do it. Back uh, at it again. Rankin Bass, back at it again. Stop motion style. Coming up. Return of King. Frodo of the nine fingers and the ring of doom. It started with a hobbit in Gollum's cave of gloom. Power of the ring it grew and Gandalf sat in thought. We're back. The king is returning, and we're talking Rankin Bass, as we said one more time, as they uh go, no, 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 Mr. Bakshi, you can't just interject a middle movie a year after we make ours. It's gonna take right. us two more years, but we'll we'll get our stuff together, and by 1980, god damn it, we'll release the finale. Um, to an unofficial trilogy. But uh, what I like about this movie and why I think it's so infinitely rewatchable, it's all Lord of the Rings movies, babies. Like, literally, it starts with them going, okay, so here's what happened in The Hobbit. Here's what happened in Fellowship of the Ring. Here's what happened in <laughs> yeah. Two Towers. Okay, let's go. Let's go, yeah. I like this one because it's it feels very loosely adapted. It's like, we're going to make Return of the King. We got to explain what happens before that. 
it, but we're just going to kind of really freewheel it with it's, this one. Yeah, we got a lot of ideas going on. <laughs> yeah, they're but, like, I'll just uh, have a birthday party for Bilbo, <laughs> and then he wants yeah. to know what happened to Frodo. Um, so, so Jacob, whatever happened yeah. to that ring I gave you, by, by the way? And why do you only have nine, nine fingers? fingers? That's weird. Oh, Jacob of the nine <laughs> fingers. fingers. Oh, and More singing. Me. Yeah. More I, singing. I had a flashback. I did know this movie. Um, here's the thing about this movie, too. Um, remember in Peter Jackson's uh, Two Towers? And then they're talking about, it's like the great tales, Mr. Frodo. Oh, you're forgetting one of the chief characters. I want to hear more about Sam. Well, here you go. A whole movie about this Sam. This is the Sam movie. It really is. <laughs> and I if like you it. look at the DVD cover, he is the one on the horse who is the <laughs> featured lead character where you go like, wow, they are not even hiding this. It's yeah, insane. Yeah. So they're recounting um, their travels. He already is missing a finger. And then yeah. they're like, oh, I'll tell you what happened. But it's pretty much all shit that Sam did while Frodo was knocked out. <laughs> well, it's out. crazy. Yeah, it starts Frodo is captured by orcs they in skip Sirith completely. Undle, right? Yeah. Yes. So it starts with, you know, Sam sort of being the protagonist. Uh, if I can backtrack one second, oh, a yeah, little yeah. backstory <laughs> about this as well. Uh, you know, there's kind of a, there was kind of an ongoing battle at this time between Bakshi and Rankin and Bass because oh, good. Bakshi wanted, he had, he actually started pre-production on a Return of the King that would be follow-up for his Lord of the Rings. <laughs> Unfortunately, his Lord of the Rings didn't do that well financially or not as well as they wanted it to do. Mm-hmm. And uh, it ended up falling through. But he, like I mentioned in the beginning, he hated the Rankin-Bass version, was very upset that they ha- had their own plans to make Return of the King. Um, and then Well, they probably we wanted so to call it Lord of the Dory. Rings, you asshole. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you said yeah. we got all of it in this movie. I remember, yeah, one more thing for Bakshi. When that ended, I was mm-hmm. like, this is supposed to be all of it. I was not happy. <laughs> Right. Well, they because he didn't know how to end it because he didn't know if he was going to get a second part. So he's kind of has Gandalf come in and say, and then all the foes were vanquished. So I wouldn't uh, call it Lord of the Rings. That was a little presumptuous <laughs> no. on Bakshi's part. And then yeah, here yeah, we are. Again, you know, that was an era when they didn't, you know, Peter Jackson getting those three films greenlit at the same time was kind of unheard of at Huge. that time. So even in the 70s, to expect that they were going to greenlight another. He wanted to make, uh, you know, two movies where, you know, this one would be, you know, Fellowship in Two Towers, and then finish it with a Return of the King. Movie. Oh, the irony! Where it's Rankin and Bass who made two movies that are also not a complete right. cohesive story by themselves. <laughs> <laughs> but basically, the studio told Ralph Bakshi, "Like, let's see how this goes, and if it does well enough, which is never, you know, what you want to hear." It's generally what they would do, though. If, if it's Star yeah. Wars makes a bucket buttload of money, we're going to do another one. But um, right. Rankin and Bass back at it. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. the rights disputes is an interesting thing with this, and. You can't watch the Rankin and Bass ones by themselves and they have them make sense either, really. No, no. <laughs> so, no, they, they're a pseudo sequel because they have old Bilbo uh, in the beginning and Bilbo and Frodo actor. are also, yeah, voiced by the same actor, Orson Bean. But we um, get now, um, as Sam, um, Rowdy McDowell of Planet of the Apes mm, fame playing amazing. Cornelius and Caesar. Ape shall never kill ape. Yeah, wow. so. And then, like you said, this is the Sam movie. It starts with him uh, having the ring and having or, or finding the ring from. Oh, I Frodo could just put it on. I could give him all I could. I could go in and show him what was for and what was what. Yeah. Like, Samwise yep, the uh-huh. strong. He has this whole fantasy about it that lasts how many minutes? Of I would this say movie? the entire movie. <laughs> oh, does it end? 
<laughs> well, yeah. here's what's, what's good about this. It is a bizarre thing, but this movie, even better than Peter Jackson's movies, does a good job of showing what the ring does to you psychologically. It like feeds you these dreams of, oh, if you just take me and I, you'll be the king of everything. And it's like, oh, Mike, shit, that's good. Yeah. The opening from the opening scene, I thought that, too, where Bilbo old Bilbo goes, do you still have that ring that I gave you? I, w- I would just love to see that thing one more time, please. Yeah. And so to see Sam really doesn't get tempted at all in the Peter Jackson movies. You don't see him struggle at all with it, even when he does take it. So I like that aspect of this where he's like, you know, nope, nope. I'm just a simple hobbit. I shouldn't want power. You know, let's keep it in check and do the mission. I think that's pretty good. But what's interesting is, uh, you know, this is sort of based on part of the book. There's like a two paragraph part where he describes, you know, Sam's fantasy of being Mm. Samwise the Strong if he had the ring. Uh, and you know the YouTube, co- you know clips that we were. I think we all watched the same version where it was just split into like four minute clips on oh, YouTube. Oh yeah, yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> Must be on noted. This one, yeah. yeah, we were able to rent or easily find the Hobbit and Ralph Bakshi's Lord of the Rings, but this is seems unavailable everywhere. No, so we bastards. had to, we had to uh, get it off the YouTubes, which we always yeah. try to avoid that when we can. But there was no right. option available. That's what I hate about it. But what I thought was funny Four on this on, on this <laughs> scene, there was a comment on the YouTube that said like, uh, book version, two paragraphs. Uh, this movie, let's do like a 10-minute rock opera on Samwise the, the Brave. <laughs> yeah, we get more just, original songs too because yeah. the minstrel is here, baby. Yo, guys, I loved this movie. I will go as far <laughs> oh, as to yeah. say, I think this is the best Lord of the Rings thing that has ever been made. I had such a wow. good time watching it. It flooded back to me so quickly how many times I must have watched this movie as a kid the minute Frodo of the Nine Fingers started. I texted my family to confirm this. I used to scream that after watching this movie. And just put people's names in there and just annoy the shit out of people for hours. That's amazing. Yeah. Oh, man. That's, That's incredible. Amazing. I had never our... seen that. This is my first time watching this. I can't uh, imagine. I thought it was absolutely insane. And you talk about, you know, the last one would be hard to follow if you're not familiar. This wow. one is impossible to follow. Yeah. I'm like, what is even it's me who's familiar with the story of Return of the King? I'm like, what is going on? This is insane. Who is this character? Uh, That's Gimli? <laughs> you're like, yeah. just introduce characters like you're supposed to know, like Denethor. They're just like, oh, they know who Denethor is. Of we'll course. tell you, know, we'll give him a little explanation. And of course, he tried to kill himself for reasons that we won't go into. <laughs> it's yeah, just but like things just to. happen. Yeah. Yeah, Things yeah, just happen because they happen in the books and they don't really explain the context. Nope. We didn't see the first two movies. So it's just like, they just kind of throw us into the story. It's very uh, <laughs> confusing. Yeah. And like Gimli and Legolas are not in this at all. I don't know if Mary is. Pippin is. I, I think can't Pippin and Mary are because Mary's riding with the Rohan That's riders. right. That's oh, right. Yeah. Pippin and Mary are in why a million is scenes. In what are you guys talking about? They're literally <laughs> yeah. in the background of like every scene. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Right. But yeah, people do yeah. show up out of nowhere. Like, like speaking of Mary and Rohan, like Eowyn literally comes out of nowhere <laughs> and then returns from when she came. After Which works because King. in the in the Ralph Bakshi Lord of the Rings, they introduce Eowyn, but they don't do anything with her <laughs> other than say, "This is Eowyn, my sister daughter." So, uh, so it kind of works. I noticed <laughs> yeah. some things where I was like, "These are kind of linking up," and and that was one of those <laughs> moments, Jacob, where I was like, yeah. "You know what? It kind of worked watching these two movies back to back." And that um, that's 
the most kind of anime like that felt the most like early yes. era ghibli oh, the witch king of angmar totally. who sounds like skeletor totally. in this version yeah, yeah. And then yeah. <laughs> that's very anime amazing yeah um th- there's yeah the pacing in this one is probably the worst but that doesn't mean it's bad <laughs> it, you know it's it all is over the place fun. yeah well, it cuts back and forth between Sam and Frodo and the, you know, the Battle of Gondor, Pelennor Fields, Tears, all that yeah. stuff. Yeah. And Frodo telling um, the story. It cuts back between <laughs> all of it. Yeah. Oh, my God. And the whole time, thankfully, as we're going through, we're always reminded that it's Frodo of the nine fingers. And then why does he have nine fingers? Why and it's does like, he well, have nine it. fingers? They keep asking us, don't forget about those nine fingers. We're, we're going to get yeah. to it. They keep teasing us. But do you guys think this works as a sequel to The Hobbit? Uh, no. <laughs> no. And that's the uh, yeah. fascinating thing, that even though the company, you, you truly think, Jacob, that they would work their hardest to link up to the thing where it's like, well, this inspired the reason we're even fucking finishing it all. And they drop that ball. Do you think yeah. that's why they added kind of the conceit that they're telling a story to Bilbo? It's like... Oh, he's never I heard so. about the nine fingers thing. Like, right. okay. And that's well, the, the only way it works. It's a connector. Yeah, the framing story is interesting because it's, you know, they're telling it to Bilbo. They're all celebrating his 129th birthday. And then at the end of it, they're immediately like, okay, we're all going out west like tomorrow morning. You know, uh, we goodbye. came here to commit suicide, right, grandfather? <laughs> it's like, oh, yes. yeah, I guess I knew that. Yeah. That's funny. Uh, it's fascinating. Yeah. Here's, here's the, because uh, we would say Frodo of the Nine Fingers. I want to talk about the Frodo. music. All right. I asked Jacob first last time, Colin, <laughs> what's the best song in this movie? There's Besides no the better, one you yell at people. There's no better song than Frodo of the Nine Fingers. You're right. How dare you're right. you? Okay. <laughs> then let's give it to Jacob. Where there's then. a whip, there's a way. Yes. You know, that's another good one. <laughs> MVPs of both these. With, but yes. the, the, can I just make fun of the meter real quick? Where there's a whip, there is a way. Like they, they, this, I'm telling you, the songs are lazy in how they, they, the wording does not match right. Yeah, sure. it's a little off, but it's not as good as Down Down to Goblin Town, but it, it's, down, it's down, all right. It's a good B side for the goblins. Mm-hmm. Um, I think also we were doing before the podcast, we almost just ruined the episode because we were saving. <laughs> The wearer of the ring. As you point out, yeah, they can just at any moment feel like, you know, nothing happens at this point, right? Or there's no sound, there's no mixing. Should we just drop in the guy saying, Wearer of the ring? <laughs> yes. Yeah. And they just yeah. show a couple of watercolor paintings, like transitional <laughs> shots, and it's like, all right, Beautiful. There, 30 seconds mm-hmm. filled. Next. Right. I do think the animation, I like the animation in this better than The Hobbit. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's a little, a Much couple better. years later, it feels like it's smoother almost. There's a lot more action in this one because of the all the battle stuff uh, from Return of the King. So I liked all that involving the orcs and goblins, which I guess are the same thing. I don't know. but Yeah, uh, <laughs> I guess they're, according to this, the same species, just Bilbo called yeah. them goblins. They're orcs, but right. okay. Um, and the, you get stuff that's more book accurate, like when the men who are following Sauron and the goblins get in an argument, you know, and that's where they can slip away. We don't get to see right. the men um, arguing with the goblins and Peter Jackson's even the extended. It's just all orcs. Right. Uh, yeah. yeah. I was truly fascinated by how much Sam is in this movie, how much he's the main character of this 
Um, and then, you know, we get the, I think all the Mount Doom stuff is really good with Frodo kind of wanting to keep the ring. It's very weird to see that Orson Bean voice that was Bilbo in the Hobbit saying like, the ring is mine now. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Aha, yeah. evil. Now, Jacob, this is the fish man. What do you think of this golem? Mm. He's, he's <laughs> droopy. He's, he's yeah. very webbed. You know, there's, there's no, they don't go for the ghoulish hair or anything. It's truly almost like this blind fish wall-eyed, you know, sort of. Yeah. I'm trying to pull a, him up. Yeah. Oh it's yeah. yeah, off yeah, the yeah. Character he's like a lizard. Mike. Yeah. Yeah. But he's more weirder. He's, in this he's one. a little yeah. weirder. Yeah. He's similar design, but they've taken it to another extreme. He's got more mm. webbing under his armpit. It's very. He's bizarre. a fish. He's, he's a, a fish. fish I don't know if you guys know yeah. that. Yeah. Well, it's insane because, you know, the Hobbit <clears throat> was uh, very much like, you know, four children. And in this one, we have that character in the end falling into that, you know, biting ah. Frodo's finger off and falling into the lava, dying. Of the nine fingers. Uh, <laughs> you know, I don't know if children, mm-hmm. you know, should be watching that. Yeah. Frodo. But yeah, it is, it is again, like... Same thing though. He's dancing around like an idiot and falls into the fire. Like that's that's how it happened in the book. Yeah. So you're right, saying that Gollum is kind of the most important character. Yeah. Because it wouldn't have gotten done. Right. I still say Sam that's is why. the best character, and this is why this is a great movie. And yeah. uh, Tolkien himself said in an interview that he considers Sam the true hero of the story of Lord of the Rings. Mm-hmm. Um, so is this, this is how the, the book Sam is. Movie. This, this one, is the, the Return Sam of the movie. Kings. Is it is it so heavy to him narratively? The, the and for Sam the ring mm-hmm. for the third one it's, he's he struggles in the book you know with that one two paragraph thing but overall like it's not too heavy for him but just mm. even seeing a glimpse of like that vision like what is Frodo seeing all day every day oh, sure right you know just wearing this like it really gets across like that it it's that heavy you know and I like some of the things that are included in this uh, version as well like even when. You know, Sam's talking about, oh, we only have a little more food left. We may not have any, you know, for the return. And we get that scene of Frodo like, oh, Sam, the return. Uh, you know, We're done for, that- you dumb idiot. <laughs> Don't you realize? Yeah. And then as they're running away from the volcano, uh, you know, he says like, I'm glad you're with me, Sam, at the end of times. Uh, straight out of, you know, the Peter Jackson stuff. And it, and it works, Love I think. It. I like that the eagles pick up all the horses, too. Um, yeah, gotta save yeah, those horses. You know? Yeah, they, there's like thousands of eagles saving everybody after Pelennor Fields. What what about the like Aragorn stuff? Because he's like not in this, but he is in this. He, he just kind of shows yeah. up at one point. He looks yeah. better than the tunic. <laughs> mm-hmm. A little more kingly, you know. And then, I do more. like the I like the Ralph Bakshi Aragorn more, just because I like the voice work yeah. by John Hurt, and he's more of a character in that. Uh, I like the look of him in this one better, but he's just, he just kind of comes out of nowhere. And then he's like, Oh, he's the King that was By the way. from the title. Yeah. And you're like, <laughs> but, mm, yeah. yeah. Cool. But like also, just, yeah, he went to know, the store. He's on his way back. Yeah. The- Theoden also just kind of shows up at one point. They're like, Oh, the riders of Rohan are here. Hooray. Oh, that's, <laughs> oh, yeah, I mean, Theoden talk about straight out of uh, Peter Jackson. When he says, we ride, we ride for Gondor. We ride. You know, he does that whole thing. I was like this, fucking slaps right now this rules <laughs> yeah we get the mouth of sauron or or whatever that oh yeah talks to the message which of yeah. you rabble has the 
whatever to treat with me, you know? Yeah. I thought he looked great. No, fuck you, Aragorn. You're not, you gotta be a king to talk to me. Yeah. It's like, okay. Yeah, he looked cool. The Mouth of Sauron's really bizarre in uh, this version. Yeah. So I guess the question is, do you guys think, you know, this works as an unofficial trilogy, The Hobbit, Lord of the Rings, and Return of the King? Did you enjoy watching them all? A blast. Yeah. Watching it for this, I think I I think you have to do it in order because you have to be so let down by the Hobbit of just like I don't really Aww. like how this looks. That's a story I've heard a million times. What's special about this? To the Ralph Bakshi, which raises you to the highs of what the fuck is going on, <laughs> regardless if you like it or not. You are interested. And then this yeah. is a gentle letdown of because I I, I, th- I just think it's the most kid-friendly. I think it's the – you guys say it's hard to follow. I think this one is is truly the – it's just the four dummies version of J.R.R. Tolkien where it's like here's literally everything we feel like you need to know to understand mm. why this is ending the way it is. And I, I like that mm. about it. Yeah I, yeah. yeah, I felt like it was really hard to follow because they're constantly just bringing up <laughs> names of places and stuff yes. that you have no context yeah, and for. And you're never going to see the people that they bring up either. you you got to get past that right. point of it. They literally, I'm telling you, it's just the Cliff Notes version of like a character walking in and be like, did you hear what happened next door? They say they won. Have a great one. And then it's like walk outside and you're like, yeah. well, that's nice what happened next door. Like yeah, the, whole, yeah. the whole Denethor thing, which is done so well in the Peter Jackson version. Yes. Yeah, there's no Faramir in this one. So it's just like Denethor going crazy and wanting to kill himself and then saying, we're all doomed, but we, you know, we don't understand why. And he has a whole like an old about how they're doomed. <laughs> yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It is bizarre, but I do think, yeah, the cliff notes version of like, yep. Sam had to save Frodo. He had the ring for a bit. Then he saved Frodo. Frodo was pissed that he had the ring they win the battle of pelinor throw the ring in the fire because of Gollum. there you go that's that's all he needed to know you know let let me let me ask you guys this if you're joe in school and again joe doesn't give a shit about any of this fucking (laughs) shit we watch and it's a it's a brit lit class okay you fucking read these you started with the hobbit last semester you finished the lord of rings this semester and the teacher promised you you would get to watch the Lord of the Rings trilogy at the end of the week, okay? And wow. what they show you is what we watched for today's episode opposed to the movies you thought you were going to sure. get. Would you be pissed or would you be like, who gives a shit? I would be not pissed because, you know, I'm assuming that I've seen the Lord of the Rings, the Peter Jackson versions by that point. Like, you know, you're a normal human in this circumstance. <laughs> so, yes, you have. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And to see these movies, which, you know, I had not seen two of these before and it was just, you know, I'm glad I watched all three of these movies. It's really an experience. The unofficial animated trilogy. I would recommend it to anyone. Get your hands on these copies and uh, watch them. They're, they're really fun and interesting to watch. I wonder if they make Blu-rays of these. I had the dumb DVDs that mm. had the weird like claw hook on the side. They were, they were mm. truly oh, yeah. a mess. And hearing you guys say that they came as a bundle... It, we had to have had that bundle. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, the well, company that did buy them for the DVD rights did decide to put them together as a trilogy and just say, you know what, people will get it, I guess, if we just, you know, can you imagine, not really connected. If, but if what if else are you going to do with these? <laughs> but Mike, if you got another one that was like, okay, so you get uh, Indiana Jones and the Raiders of York. 
Empire Strikes Back, <laughs> you know, and then it's like it's like yeah, right. the third one is like six days, seven nights. You're like, well, this is just a Harrison Ford movie. Like, it's, it's not even connected. It's called Action Pack. It's at the gas <laughs> yeah. station. Yeah, <laughs> right. Like, what is this? Well, it's like you wouldn't get, you know, just The Hobbit and The Return of the King or like the definitive Ralph Bakshi, Lord of the Rings special edition DVD, yeah. like just yeah. a standalone. Like, you're not yeah. going to like, what are you going to do? I would love that. And I would love a bunch of together. behind the scenes stuff on the making of that movie, which was, I'm sure was just insane. <laughs> it could be fascinating. It, it, yeah. I, again, I imagine big line just gets finished by <laughs> Ralph Bakshi. He looks up with a loaded handgun and tells a woman to pretend that she's an elf and he's just filming <laughs> her. She's like scared. Yeah. She's terrified. She also just did cocaine. She's she's like dancing around. He's like, great. This is sure. great. Yes, <laughs> yeah, great stuff. Keep keep elfing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but overall, you would recommend these, right? All three of these? Well, here's what I say. I say... Yeah. To find out if I'm going to recommend them or not, you got to wait till our final thoughts, which is coming up right Ooh. next. Uh, normies nice. like us. We're back. We're wrapping up our final wrap up. Of our final thoughts here on an unexpected November, Lords of December. No, I, I mixed wow. that up. Well, I mixed it up for the last time ever. So it's there we all go. right. It's an adaptation, you know. We're yeah, do a different. It's pretty loosey goosey. It's been Ralph a long actually journey. Took over my body, and that's why uh, it has been a <laughs> well, long I, journey. Yeah, as I was saying on the top, you know, I literally rewatched the entire extended trilogy. And The Hobbit, and Ralph Bakshi, and Return of the King in like the last week. Wow. So I'm still in the mode, and this has really become, uh, shall I say, the podcast of the nine <laughs> movies. And we wow. watched all of them. Oh, that's and right. Like, not 13 like Halloween, but um, yes. I guess quickly for my final thoughts, Jacob you know, asked me before the break. I would recommend these, and I would recommend every one of them. And I rank them. It's hard to rank and bass these because they're uh, all so different. Um, if you're on drugs, watch Ralph Bakshi's. <laughs> if you have children, watch The Hobbit. And if you like Sam, watch Return of the King. I guess that's how I do it. But they all have. I would a also place. maybe do drugs uh, before watching Return of the King. <laughs> I would do drugs I would before just do all drugs three of them. them all. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, I, yeah, I highly yes. recommend it. In fact. <laughs> The doer of the drugs, the smoking of the drugs. Yeah, yeah I would recommend these all as well. And I would rank them. I would say I like the Ralph Bakshi Return of the King the most. Uh, Rankin Bass, I'm Lord glad I watched them. Yeah, what did I say? You, you said combined literally the, the two that you can't to make it clear. Sure. <laughs> you said yes. Ralph Bakshi's Return of the King. <laughs> That's yeah, your dream I, project. I get it. But which, yes, which I wish that like? existed. Uh, yes. It does not. But I, I liked Ralph Bakshi's Lord of the Rings the best, probably wow. followed by Return of the King and then The Hobbit the least. But I did like them all. I recommend them all and watch them in chronological order of the events because it just makes it extra confusing to have the Bakshi one in the middle. <laughs> and that's the way I would recommend it. Yeah, yeah. I um. You know, I have a lot of nostalgia for The Hobbit, and that's probably carrying it, mm. you know, a lot. Um, it's like the shortest, I think, adapted Tolkien thing yeah. ever, too. 
So that's interesting. And I think, yeah, I just have a lot of nostalgia for it. Yeah, I don't want to um, say I hate The Hobbit. Like, I, I did enjoy it. I enjoyed all three of these. So yeah. I'm looking forward to never watching any version of Peter Jackson's Hobbit again. Yeah, but like, I will only deal with this. Again, that's my question, that's Mike. You know, um, this has elevated this material for me, doing this on the podcast. Lord of the Rings mm. I love. Fantasy I love. We're D&D guys. I yep. have I've made the claim before I'm more fantasy than sci-fi. That again, we discuss high fantasy. That doesn't come down to this. It mainly comes down to the fact that like monsters like werewolves and vampires are considered fantasy. If there was a version yeah. of that for sci-fi, I would do that, okay? Um, it's called uh, Underworld, yeah. Yeah, well, there we go. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I Lifting these up the way they are, I don't think in a year I'll be coming back to these. You know, maybe maybe two, something like that. It's it's not something as rewatchable as Star Wars and Harry Potter for me. Same thing like mm-hmm. with Transformers. I'm going to take a break from those movies for a couple years. <sighs> I don't yeah, need yeah. to catch up with Bumblebee <laughs> right away. I don't need to catch up with The Hobbits right away. But Mm-mm. I think I might be done with The Hobbit. Up until I have a kid, I don't think I need to see that story ever told again. I gave my fantasy on this about, you know, a cool new animated movie, maybe stop motion. Knowing the history we have now, how Rankin Bass isn't just sitting on the rights to this and doesn't just make a stop motion version blows my mind, right? But I I just don't know if I ever need that story again. Yeah. Yeah, I'm kind of with you, Colin. Uh, Definitely, like, but at the same time, Mike, like you said, you re- already rewatched the Peter Jackson Lord of the Rings. You know, we got a week mm-hmm. between Christmas and New Year's. I've got a little extra time, and I'm thinking, like, you know what would be some the perfect movies to watch this week? Peter Jackson's Lord of the Rings, which wow. I always you know, want to rewatch. Mm-hmm. So I might so just you do will that go again. Back but quick. <laughs> that's amazing. I'm glad. Yeah. I, I'm very happy, you guys, that this is your thing, man. I that's I think it's great. It, these are again the most well made movies ever again. Uh, in the time that we've been the covering one this trilly, podcast, Colbert called it. The right. number one trilly has come out. We have seen a pop <laughs> yeah. culture remergence. Uh, yes, it's the 20th anniversary of Fellowship. It's it's half the reason mm-hmm. why we kicked off this whole exploration. But it is cool to see the zeitgeist also saying like, yo, what happened to Orlando Bloom? And we're like, well, you know, he's here. <laughs> you don't want to know. <laughs> yeah, he he's, he's with Katy Perry. Um, if you haven't checked it out, Normies, watch Colbert's rap yes. uh, for the 20th anniversary. Yes. They reunite the Hobbits. They Very have cool. uh, Orlando Bloom, uh, Hugo Weaving, Andy Doing Circus playing Elvish a flute. Bars. Yeah. Uh, yeah. With, plus Method Man and, uh, uh, you know, Killer Mike. So uh, it's great. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's pretty wild. Um, one thing about this whole experience, um, nine Lord of the Rings based or Tolkien based things. Um, it's given me a chance to like look on Tolkien's work and think about like, yeah, they tried to do it in the seventies and eighties. And then we got Peter Jackson's. And then we got the Hobbit, which is like a studio mess, you know, by comparison to the passing project. So just seeing what was included, what was cut out of every version of these stories. It was just interesting to it kind of look at, yeah. you know, what, what, what made the cut and what didn't, Based Absolutely. on who was creating them, you're yeah. looking we back. Also Mike, didn't even I'm mention. looking forward. Oh, please! Oh, yeah. I think we were about oh, to say the I same thing, say, Jacob. Amazon. Looking forward. Yeah, that's the pitch. All right. So we we said the word Amazon. <laughs> Further context: Whoever wants to 
create that context. There's a show Colin. coming up. Um, you know, not a lot of information is available. I would have thought, and kind of the reason we were maybe even delaying this with the Spider-Man, that with that 20th anniversary stuff and a little more of the fervor, mm -hmm. that we would get something from Amazon. Maybe sort of a, a trailer, maybe some, some cast photos, something. We know a little bit of the cast. It's, it's mainly international. Um, it's like a guy who played the young Ned Stark on Game of Thrones seems like he's going to be a very big character. Mm. Obviously, they're very inspired by the success of Game of Thrones when conceiving this. Uh, Kalen yes. Green Should is a producer. He was only a producer on Hobbit Desolation of Smog as far as returning creative forces Ooh. from the movies. Yeah, so Amazon is making this, obviously. Jeff Bezos basically said, bring me the next Game of Thrones. I want a hit fantasy series. They made Wheel of Time. They were hoping that's going to be it. Maybe not, but uh, <laughs> this is going to be taking place Wheel during the... Wheel of Time the, will tell. Yeah. Jacob, have you watched any Wheel of Time? Age. No, I have not yet, <sighs> but I, mean, I might at some point. Yeah. Normies, we're going to talk about this for sure in an actual episode dedicated to it. But we're all very into our Witcher Season 2 watch now. So mm -hmm. during this whole process, Mike, we have been super inundated with fantasy. I, I have been very yeah. excited to live in the sword and steel and, and, and uh, monsters of the world. But um, I, I have not seen Wheel of Time. I'm hoping more towards, I don't even want to say Game of Thrones. Expectation-wise, what do you guys want out of this? Because I don't know that we've had a fantasy television show that I would say would live up to the title of Lord of the Rings, the series yet. Yeah. Right. And especially not totally Jacob, you were saying it's the second age. Can you, what do you, what do you yeah, think? Yeah. And so what does that mean? I'm not sure, you know, I'm not sure exactly what it'll be about, but it's going to be taking place thousands of years before the events of the Lord mm. of the Rings. So it's not, it's going to be tangentially, you know, related. Maybe Gandalf will be in it. Maybe Elrond, like those guys. Elrond will look thirty-two instead of forty <laughs> because it's like thirty-eight thousand years yeah. before. Yeah, him. great, cool. But other than right. like very basic things, I really have no idea what to expect. So I am excited in that way. Will it be good? Will it be bad? Who's to say? Uh, I mean, they've said m many times already that they want to keep the aesthetic. They want to keep the world of Peter Jackson's Lord of the Rings consistent as much as possible so it does exist in the same world or they want it to and they so who knows i hope they do a good job uh and i definitely will check it out when it comes out what's tricky about this and and i'm not an expert on all of the ages of middle earth so i'm not sure if the second age is when we have a war for the salmorils you know there's magic gems that everybody wants you know instead of a ring okay. the whole thing <laughs> wow, but in order amazing. to do that like keep keep it consistent um, you know, we're talking about cultures that were a thousand years back on what we saw in Peter Jackson. So if we have wood elves, literally like culturally, like their clothes and their dress and stuff identical, because Tolkien would have thought about what that gradient transition, what events mm. made them change their clothes a certain way, change their language a certain way. Like he would have thought about that. And if they're not thinking in that sense, instead of just like, let's just reuse these props. Right. And it doesn't make sense that we're in the second age when we have all this third age weaponry and yeah. technology. I think as they're, it were. they're setting it in that age because they want, they do want to differentiate it from, they don't want to just remake Lord of the Rings. They don't want to make a story mm -hmm. that's around Lord of the Rings time. So they're kind of differentiating it. 
I don't know. Here's how a guy who be. lived in Rohan who had yeah. sure. minor to do with the battle. We'll follow. Yeah, that's it, less interesting. But the interesting well, like thing said, is, yeah. I was going to say that it will be competing thematically or cinematically with like that that Game of Thrones prequel series. Like literally, you're already right. asking culture to buy into what is it, the House of the Dragon or whatever it is, and for people to say, mm, here's another dragon. high fantasy. Dance. You know, it's kind of the same thing. It, we're you know we're asking you to consider the time difference and stuff. I think it's going to be a lot. Well, I'm concerned. Yeah, oh, just no. quickly, Game of Thrones side, mm-hmm. yeah, they're hired relationship and intimacy coaches which to me signals sex scenes and yeah. i don't need sex scenes in my lord of the rings Seems i'm like, fine in game of thrones yeah but they definitely want to game of thrones it up have some nudity have some gore. sex and violence uh again it all comes from this idea like this is how tv works when you have a hit show everyone wants their own version of it when sopranos was big everyone wanted their own sopranos uh you know lost whatever you want to say but cyclical game of thrones Who's going to be the next game? Well, there really isn't going to be a next Game of Thrones because that's not how it works. Like Game of Thrones was Game of Thrones. HBO is trying to do these prequels. They had one that was going to be, that was called Blood Moon. That was going to be like about the early Starks. They made a pilot Mm. for that and canned it because they didn't like it. That had Naomi Watts and everything. So they had names attached. That one failed. Now Mm. they're making House of the Dragon. We'll see how that goes. Uh, We've got The Witcher. We've got Wheel of Time. We're never going to get the same level. So, you know, Lord of the Rings is, you know, even if it's amazing, it's not going to be as popular as Game of Thrones was at its prime. So the most you can hope for is that it's good. It's good that you called it because this is what Bezos wants is Game of Thrones at its prime. Yes. Video service. That's what he wants. (laughs) Right. (laughs) He wants Game of Thrones on prime. But um, what's interesting is you say you can't just make that again. No. You know, what is The Witcher? What is The Wheel of Time? What is The Game of Thrones? But trying to capture the lightning in a bottle that is Peter well, Jackson's vision out of a book that Tolkien Mike, wrote. Like Peter you know, Jackson couldn't recreate that lightning with the exact right, same property Hobbit. in a prequel. Yeah, it's no. it's yeah, it's just a bummer. The number one trilogy. You can't touch it. <laughs> That's right. And, and to to strive for such a thing would be folly. So we'll see how it turns out. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I guess that's kind of it. I mean, yeah, we've the greatest gone adventure is in what lies ahead. Pretty much. So we'll have to see I keep, what's out you know, there. I've looked at those Mordor games again a thousand times. It's just never going to happen. And I'm shocked, Mike, as a super fan that, you know, and I, I, I'll actually compliment and give you a, a appreciative quality and say, you are so discerning about your material or your fantasy and stuff that you'll play Dark Souls mm-hmm. over something that just because it says Lord of the Rings on it. Yeah, I'll find something that was birthed from that medium with yeah. the express purpose of providing that experience, right? So, yeah. Uh, but I did get them gifted to me, so I might dip my toes. Oh, I got a Steam gift from, cool. from Chris, on sale you know, right who's now on the too. two towers. So I, I might, I might give All right, them a whirl, let me know, because maybe they will I am very discerning, though. Maybe I will. Yeah, I am <laughs> discerning. Steam is doing its yeah. big winter sale right now, and I believe the Shadow of War and Shadow of Mordor games are on sale, so you can get them for cheap yeah. right now. Yeah. Um, and if you use code nine fingers, uh, you'll get 10% off. <laughs> I wish, I wish, you know, we talked about these animated movies so much. We never even mentioned my favorite part, which is the Ralph Bakshi interpretation of the Balrog. Uh, oh, you're, thank you. Thank you. Jacob. I need to get that in there at some point. It's, you know, hilarious. again, Mike, we're D and D guys. Batwing lion. You know, a mana core is just one of those things that you see and you're like, every artist has their own interpretation. You hear these things. Eventually you become mm-hmm. desensitized to how stupid it's eventually going to look. 
all that went out yeah. the window when I saw this Balrog. This is the dumbest <laughs> yeah. thing anyone has ever created in fantasy. It's amazing. Yeah, I, yeah. Google a photo of this Balrog. I want to see what the reference actor looks like. <laughs> I assume it's he came out with just like a, a bear head on. Yeah, he's just yeah. a wrestler. He spreads his little it's arms out. It's like a lion out, head with cardboard wings. Yeah. Amazing. They're like, whip. But they're like butterfly wings. They're like theater yeah. butterfly wings. And he just like lifts yeah. up and sort of flaps a couple times. It's, it's like, amazing. That's exactly Jacob. what they were. Which it does lead into a him. bigger uh, debate, which is one of the biggest debates that uh, Lord of the Rings fans have, the hardcore ones. Uh, the Balrog, does it actually have wings or not, is a something that scholars, Lord of the Rings Tolkien scholars have discussed for years. Because it's, whether they're metaphorical wings or they're actual wings, is is huh. up to each what individual person. What the fuck? <laughs> Who gives Because the way wow. they're described in the book, yeah. So looking at that, normies, uh, wow, you know, great stuff. <laughs> I can't believe it. All right, incredible. Well, yeah, we have truly, truly, finally, finally been there and back again. I think so. And again, and so we want to thank you for joining us on this journey. Feels good. Uh, it oh, has I, been I wanted to ask good, real yeah. quick. We'll do this on air. Do you guys have any pitches for next year on what to cover? The only thing I can think, and I said this to Jacob, is uh, to keep the Orlando bloom of it going is the Pirates movies, I guess. I, mm. I don't know. Hmm. There's the Pirates movies. Will that movies? be more or less painful than Transformers? <laughs> I, I, yeah. On that threshold, that could be as fun, painful yeah. as the Transformers. I mean, my opinion Probably of the Pirates movies so. is that the first one is good and that's it. So <laughs> could be interesting. Um, you that's know, more than Transformers got. Yeah. yeah. Any other, the other franchise that yeah. I can think of, the only other franchise I can think of is that we haven't done on a movie to movie level family fast and the furious. Oh, one that would one. be a huge, wow. you, you're talking by that point, plus Hobbs probably, and Shaw, 10, well, probably 10 wow. plus, plus a Hobbs and Shaw by that point, maybe 11. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, you know, maybe the number one truly, but, you know, Fast and Furious is the number one nine movie <laughs> set, I guess. Centennial. <laughs> might be. A hundred. Uh, yeah. So it might have to be a fast November and a furious December next year. I don't oh, know. into yeah. a, a furious January. <laughs> yeah. I thought it would be January drift, yeah. but we'll, we'll yeah. have to see. But uh, <laughs> stay tuned for that, you know, uh, Normies. We'll see what if we yeah. end up pulling the trigger. Right to yeah. us, Normies. If you have some awesome suggestions for that, or if you if you just want to say, you know, I remember the first time I dropped acid and Ralph Bakshi put that tiger helmet on me and told me to walk out like the Balrog. If that's you, if you can reach <laughs> out and tell us that that's who you were, or if you're just a fan, hit us up, rate, review, subscribe, at Normies underscore like underscore us. Helps us out, uh, helps the podcast out. We love it. We love you. And uh, thank you so much again for being our fellowship on this journey. And uh, thank you to my co-hosts here, uh, Colin yeah. Collins Wise Gamgee, saying thank you. Mike Goss, father of all ball rugs. Yeah. I, Especially that one. <laughs> I had a blast watching all these Tolkien things with you guys. It's been uh, super fun rewatching and watching some things for the first time. This is Jake Ladriel. Uh, all shall love me and despair. All shall love me. Bye, <laughs> all right. Take care, everybody. Uh, you're going to carry that weight. The wearer of the, <laughs> the podcast the bear, of the, the nine hosts. <laughs> all right. Down, down to Goblin Town. Catch you guys later. Bye. Bye bye.
My name is Gandalf the Grey, and I'm imploring you to leave a like, share, and subscribe to this podcast. Don't keep it secret. Don't keep it safe. Don't take me as a conjurer of cheap tricks, and we'll catch you on the next episode of Normies Like Us. Fly, you fools!